0: This podcast does not provide medical advice nor legal advice. Please listen to the complete disclosure at the end of the recording.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyone Dies, the podcast where we talk about serious illness, dying, death, and bereavement. I'm Marianne Matzo, a nurse practitioner, and I use my experience from working as a nurse for 45 years to help answer your questions about what happens at the end of life.
0: And I'm Charlie Navarette, an actor in New York City. And here to ask the questions that you may have while listening to our podcast. We are both here because we believe that the more you know, the better prepared you will be to make difficult decisions when a crisis hits, such as having a healthcare proxy form, it may be called something different in your state or country, and someone who will defend your wishes when you can't speak for yourself.
1: Please relax and get yourself something to eat and drink. And thank you for spending the next hour with Charlie and me as we talk about the deadly fungi that's da, da, da. rearing its head across the world. Actually, it's very serious, Charlie.
0: Yeah, I so know. Yeah, don't make thing. jokes. Okay, I well, no, won't make jokes.
1: In the first half, Charlie's having a Tupperware party with medieval, We're medieval. A party. In the first half, Charlie is having a Tupperware party with medieval Europeans, and I have the recipe of the week. In the second half, mm-hmm. I have information about a deadly fungal infection that is rapidly spreading in U.S. healthcare facilities. Aye. And in our third half, Charlie has a journal entry from Craig, whose wife has dementia and lives in a memory care setting. Now, given our topic this week is about a deadly fungus, we just had to have a fungus-inspired recipe for you to take to your next funeral lunch. Our recipe, Tibetan fried rice, features two different fungi, wood ear fungus and shiitake mushrooms. Fast and simple to make, but oh, so good. Charlie, do you have any Tupperware I can use to store my Tibetan fried rice? Uh, No, but I do have the next best
0: thing. If you were in the 17th century, as you can imagine, medieval Europeans did not have plastic containers. Instead, they had pastry coffins. it, it, it you know, it, it's like a sort of medieval Tupperware. Uh, but these containers, called coffins, and at that time spelled with a Y, so C O F F Y N, were actually very stiff hollow pastries made from water, flour, and sometimes fat. And they were used to preserve foods. The uh, coffin slash container itself was not eaten. I mean, really, would you want to eat Tupperware? During the 17th century, these coffins contained delicious foods rather than a dead body. The English loved pastries and had a saying, if it's good, it's better in a coffin. Oh, those wacky Brits. So, chefs of medieval times used a glutinous dough container to seal and preserve various foods. One of the most popular delicacies was lamprey, an eel like fish with spiraling teeth. You might recognize these fish as they're well known now for their appearance in many horror movies. But back in the day, lampreys were considered meals fit for kings and queens. Chefs would season the fish with everything from parsley and mint. To ginger and cinnamon. Then they would seal the lamprey inside of a pastry coffin to cook. Once cooked, coffin lids could be removed or cut into, and the interior juices were sometimes further cooked with wine or vinegar. Occasionally, frogs or birds would be hidden inside the pastry containers to get a laugh from the unsuspecting dinner guests. Once, a very small person was served to King Charles I which involved him charging through the coffin's crust, dressed in a tiny suit of armor. Ultimately, coffin containers made their way for the sweet, flaky, and edible pie crusts we know today. So a tip of the old baker's hat to the pastry coffin, with a Y, of the past. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I stumbled upon this, and i it's like, wait a minute, a a container made of – but that was the thing. It was just – with the ingredients, there was nothing to eat. It was just something that became a container. That was it. That was a container of its, of its day.
1: I can't, I can't believe they put a person in one of them.
0: Yeah, apparently you, know, you can make them different sizes, but, I mean, they were pretty big. It was – I was going to say the refrigerator of its day, but there was no refrigeration. It was It was a storage bin for food. Uh, yeah, and and again, it was big enough that they would put, you know, they would put a ton of food in it, and then just, yeah, it was their food storage locker, but again, big enough to, you know, put a put a, put one of the little people in, dressed in a night's armor. Yes.
1: Not politically correct anymore. Couldn't um, get away with that, Charles. No,
0: you can't. Well, but if you were, no, never mind. So um, please go to our webpage for the recipe for Tibetan fried rice and additional resources for this program. We ask you to support in the form of a tax-deductible contribution so that we can continue to offer you quality programming. Thank you in advance for going to our website to make your donation, as well as following us on Facebook and Instagram. Visit us at www.everyonedies.org. That's every, the number one, dies, dot org. Marianne?
1: Thanks for that, Charlie. I don't know if you've been following in the paper, but there's a lethal, hard-to-treat fungal infection that's spreading really across the world but is also very bad in the United States and becoming increasingly resistant to the few drugs available to treat it. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC, is tracking the rise of a deadly, treatment-resistant fungus that causes outbreaks in a growing number of healthcare facilities across the United States. About 30 to 60 percent of infected people have died from the fungus. It's identified through testing body fluids, and it has alarmed the CDC because it's more difficult to distinguish from other yeasts and may be misdiagnosed making it harder to contain. Now, new data compiled by the CDC research team published um, in the Annals of Internal Medicine showed that Candida auris infections have increased dramatically in the United States in recent years. In 2021, national cases reported by healthcare facilities increased by 95%. And from 2019 to 2021, 17, 17 states reported their first case. With infections recorded in a total of 28 states and the District of Columbia, these numbers suggest that the current disinfection and safety measures at healthcare facilities may not be sufficient. Most fungi play a vital but unseen role breaking down plant matter and redistributing nutrients through the soil. Some are good to eat like yeast, for example, are integral to creating bread, beer, and other foods that have shaped societies and cultures over many centuries. Scientists believe that the fungus is not a threat to healthy people whose immune systems can fight it off, but it poses a danger to medically fragile people, including nursing home patients on ventilators and cancer patients on chemotherapy. Between 30 to 70% of hospitalized people who develop these bloodstream infections are estimated to die. And I can remember having a patient um, who was on chemotherapy, and, you know, we we tell people, don't go digging in the soil, don't, don't be doing things like that because there are fungus among us. And um, he did. He did, he went and garg- gardened, got this fungal infection, was in isolation. They The doctors tried for months to treat this man, and he was in isolation for months and just kept losing weight and eventually died. So these are, you know, if you're immunocompromised, these are deadly fungi. Now, if you watch the HBO series, The Last of Us, you might be thinking the story is another episode of that show. In that show, a fungus violently infects humans and causes a global pandemic, which sends society into a tailspin. If we put aside the gore of violence and the downfall of human civilization, uh, the show's premise of a deadly fungal infection that kills people, scientists say that the show highlights legitimate vulnerabilities. In a warmer world, fungal infections in people could increase and spread faster than treatments can be developed. Fungi are mushrooms, yeast, lichen, or sometimes even athlete's foot. They appear like plants but they don't make their own food. They can gain energy and nutrients by feeding on living hosts, decomposing dead organic matter, or by living harmlessly with other organisms. Now, most fungi don't infect people because they can't withstand our warm body temperatures or immune system. Between 1.5 and 5 million fungi species may exist in the world, but only a few hundred can make people sick mostly in immunocompromised people who don't have a full-strength immune system to fight them off. Johns Hopkins infectious disease researcher Arturo Casadeva says that fungi will adapt to warmer climates by developing greater heat tolerance. Some will then be able to grow at human temperatures and cause new fungal diseases that we have not seen before. New fungi are already appearing in unexpected places. One fungus, called Candida auris, which causes serious infections in the bloodstream, simultaneously emerged on different continents. These strains of the fungus are also drug-resistant, making them harder to treat. Casadevol, Casadevall published a paper comparing the temperature susceptibility of Candida auris with those of its close relatives, suggesting that it could be the first example of a new fungal disease emerging from modern-day climate change. The emergence of Candida auris in three continents almost simultaneously has researchers theorizing that warming global climate may have contributed to its rise. Whether further global temperature increases lead to more dangerous fungal superbugs remains to be seen. Fungi, even those that aren't drug-resistant, are challenging to treat, says physician Julia Kohler. That's because humans and fungi share many genes because both evolved from a common ancestor. In fact, fungi are more closely related to animals than they are to plants or bacteria. As a result, a drug that would target a fungus in our bodies could also destroy our surrounding cells. Now, it doesn't take much for a fungus to spread because they move through air currents or they can be transported by people or animals. Most fungal infections, both mild and serious, are caused by one of the hundred types of candida yeast Some types of candida live peacefully within our bodies, like a yeast infection is simply an overgrowth of one of these helpful species. Now, a short science moment. I'm going to talk to you about colonization. Colonization means that the germs, fungi, are present on or in a person's body and are alive and growing. Colonization can increase a person's risk for infection. Also, people who are colonized can unknowingly spread these germs to others through person-to-person contact or contaminated surfaces in shared settings. You can be colonized without an infection. So, back to our story. Candida aureus is one of the more dangerous types of um, fungi, but for most healthy people, the fungus will temporarily colonize the skin without causing any illness or issues. Without testing, you'd likely never even know it was there. This type of colonization often resolves naturally thanks to existing fungi in the normal skin flora that eventually rebalances and takes over. The danger arises when Candida aureus finds a way into the body through a wound or another opening, particularly if somebody is weakened or immunocompromised. Candida aureus is resistant to fungal medication, which makes it unique among fungi. If you look across all species of Candida, only about 7% of all isolates, which are the individual cell samples that are trapped and grown in a lab are resistant to antifungals, says Sean Lockhart, who's the director of the CDC Fungal Reference Laboratory. Now, all of a sudden, we've got this bug where 85 to 90% of all isolates are resistant. Generally, a drug-resistant fungus can evade one of the three major types of antifungal medications. But C. aureus is pan-resistant, which means that all three treatments are weakened or ineffective against it. C. aureus also has an unusual ability to stick around, like literally. The fungus is able to form biofilms, which is essentially like having a suit of armor that allows it to stay in the environment. It makes it super sticky to surfaces, and it can resist disinfectant. The stickiness allows C. aureus to cling to medical equipment like ventilators and catheters in a way that other infection, infectious agents can't. Invasive fungal infections kill three times more people than malaria. Only a new fungi can cause fatal diseases in healthy people, and these are generally rare and occur only in certain geographic regions such as South America. But of greater concerns are infections of normally harmless fungi that can occur in those with weakened immune systems. For example, modern immunosuppressive drugs used for organ transplants or treating HIV AIDS have seen a huge increase in the number of people infected. These fungal infections can be lethal with a mortality rate often exceeding 50%. Recent statistics suggest that at least 1.6 million people die every year as a result, roughly equivalent to the number of deaths from tuberculosis worldwide. These infections are like sepsis, where the fungus gets into the blood and organs, preventing the blood and the organs from working properly. But what really makes Candida aureus stand out is its ability to grow at higher temperatures. It's able to withstand up to 107.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So, how do you know if you have a Candida aureus infection? It can spread in hospitals and nursing homes. C. aureus has caused outbreaks in healthcare facilities and can spread through contact with affected patients and contaminated surfaces or equipment. Good hand hygiene and cleaning in healthcare facilities is important because C. aureus can live on surfaces for several weeks. People who get invasive Candida infections are often already sick from other medical conditions, so it can be difficult to know if you have C. aureus infection. The most common symptoms of invasive Candida infection are fever and chills that don't improve after an antibiotic treatment for a suspected bacterial infection. Only a laboratory test can diagnose C. infection. Be sure that you talk to your primary healthcare practitioner if you think you have a fungal or healthcare-associated infection. So what can you do to prevent getting fungal skin infections? Well. Good hygiene practices can help reduce the risk if you're getting a fungal infection and can stop it from recurring. Keep your skin clean and dry. Wear clean clothes. Don't share personal items like bed sheets, clothes, or towels. Wash your hands. And take extra care when you're in communal areas. Although fungal infections aren't likely to cause a worldwide padem- pandemic or a zombie apocalypse, there's still reason to be concerned. Fungi have been responsible for some of the biggest extinction events in plants and animals. So this is something that's new, Charlie. And um, for people that are already sick, it can uh, be the final event before death.
0: The final frontier, Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Do you have any questions about that? Have you been following this story?
0: I have been following this, Marianne. Um, obviously not closely enough. And and, and it was, it's, you know, it's it's just my own biases. I, I kept hearing, oh, nursing home, facilities. Like, well, it's got nothing to do with me, which is really stupid thinking. To um, talk about a Stephen King novel. This is and, – and I understand <laughs> what, what you're saying. It's, it's like – you know, uh, you know, more for, you know, people who are, you know, autoimmune. But as I kept hearing everything with what you were saying, I just kept thinking, okay, so when is it gonna jump just yes, into regular society? And then everything with uh, with the climate changing and what you were saying about things getting warm you know, the temperature getting warmer, and that just, you know, makes this thing stronger. I yeah. I mean, I am, I am, you know, really good about um, washing my hands. And I always have, like, a couple of um, either like little alcohol pads or a little sanitizing bottle with me. Um, but I've gotten lazy, too, sometimes. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, scary as shit to be hearing
2: all of this. It's like, <laughs> gosh. Well, it you know,
1: doesn't I, have to but, rule our lives, but I th- I thought it was an important story to talk about with our listeners because if you're caring for people who are sick,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you
1: go out to the grocery store and you bring all that stuff home, and you don't think about, oh, I need to wash my hands, and you know, I need to be aware of what I'm bringing back in, and and, you know, if fifty percent of the people who are immunocompromised are if they get this disease if they get this fungus they're going to die then i think it i think it's worthwhile to know about and to be aware of and wash your hands and take some precautions about it
0: absolutely and i think too unfortunately uh you know so many people you know denying things like covid I, i'm sorry i i just imagine so many people I'm not even going to bother with this or just say, Oh, it's another conspiracy. Oh, it's another this. Oh, this is not going to affect me, you know, and, and, you know, keep their guards down. And, uh,
1: Well, you know, I guess, you know, I, I guess that's personal choice, but I think it was everyone dies personal choice to say, Hey, just want you to know about this, be careful, mm-hmm. yeah, and if you heed us, you know just like with an advance directive or anything else, that's a good idea and if you yeah. don't, then that's up to you,
0: yeah, um, it's up to you until you know the the zombie world materializes and it just and it starts to jump the people from one person to another. I need to really stop watching these movies, okay, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay, always good uh, talking with you, Marianne. <clears throat> so, moving on to, <laughs> so, moving on to our third half. We have, as Marianne mentioned earlier, we have another of a series of journal entries from Greg, whose wife of 50 years has dementia and lives in a memory care center. I often enjoy the soft music on the Coffeehouse channel on Sirius Radio. There is a song by Meg Smith that says, I used to be painfully pessimistic, and now I am cautiously optimistic. The lyrics don't match my life, but that phrase does. As I pondered it, I thought that I needed to add some more stages of my caregiver life. I was blissfully ignorant, completely confused, painfully pessimistic, reverently resigned, and finally cautiously optimistic. I'm sure you can add some others, but I am blessed to be cautiously optimistic. I'm not about the final outcome. I mean there I am reverently resigned. I have graduated to cautiously optimistic about my future when we finish this journey. I will be brokenhearted, let mean to put it mildly, but I now know, after several months of self care, that I can live alone and yet be reasonably happy. I have given myself permission to live in harmony with my life journey. That was a huge transition. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. yeah and how many people really live in harmony with their life journey? You know there's so many things that are thrown at us, and you know we resist and we fight against them
0: yeah 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 that's that's tough to do. People just you know get caught up in their what um discomfort and their like me and with this gentleman just you know it's pain and everything with it um and, and it's hard to look at the bigger picture you know. yeah so with that please stay tuned for the continuing saga of everyone dies and thank you for listening sand through an hourglass never runs dry this is Charlie Navarrete. And from the pages of the Guardian newspaper, Karl Marx's grave is just another communist plot. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love that. It's great.
1: Isn't it nice that we just make ourselves laugh? Yes, it
0: Other is. Other people
1: are probably rolling their eyes all around the world, but we just chuckle. And I'm Marion Matzo, and we'll see you next week. Remember, every day is a gift.
2: This podcast does not provide medical advice. All discussion on this podcast, such as treatments, dosages, outcomes, charts, patient profiles, advice, messages, and any other discussion are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your primary care practitioner or other qualified health providers with any questions that you may have regarding your health. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Everyone Dies does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, practitioners, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned in this podcast. Reliance on any information provided in this podcast by persons appearing on this podcast at the invitation of Everyone Dies or by other members is solely at your own risk.